Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. What do you think of when you hear the words digital oil field? Anyone? Anyone? All right. I mean, I, I know what you're thinking. I, I, I have to know what you're thinking because uh, you're, not here, you're not here to tell me what you're thinking. So I just have to know. And what you're thinking is, oh, yeah, digital oil field. That's one of those, uh, one of those buzzwords. Um, yeah, you know, and we're not entirely, you know, everybody doesn't completely agree on what it means or know what it means, but anyway, it's a good thing. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, and come to think of it, uh, digital oil field, that's, that's an old one. That, that, that's the old word. I mean, we used to say that ages ago, you know, like back in the 2010s, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now it's digital transformation. Uh, well, you know, now you come to think of it, digital transformation, it's, it's kind of long in the tooth, getting kind of long in the tooth as well. So, uh, um, I don't know. So we need, we need fresh buzzwords. However, digital oil field, uh, it's a thing. And, and there's folks that have been out there working on it, but, um, um, and, and I think we, the good news is, uh, we do eventually get beyond these buzzwords and, and we do get to the point where, uh, we're making the business better. We're making the industry better, uh, through all the things that we, you know, it, it begins as a buzzword and it, somewhere along the line, it starts to get real. And, um, and, but I started thinking about, you know, when did I first hear the, uh, the term, digital oil field when, when did I first start hearing about that and it's been um, it's been it's been since long before I started the uh, this particular podcast which by the way welcome to the oil and gas tech podcast right here on the oil and gas global network and uh, let's see today's episode oh yeah 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 so today's episode is a sponsored by uh, by this company all right so the company is UTSI International UTSI International and I've got a thing here that I'm supposed to tell you about them um, but instead, instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you that I had on this very program back in January of this year, this year being uh, 2022, back in January, I had, uh, I think it was January. Uh, let's see here. Where was he? No, no, maybe it was February. February. Scratch that. February of this year of 2022, I had the founder and uh, and chief leader of uh, of UTSI on this show. His name is Dan Nagala, Daniel Nagala, and uh, so it's episode 133. And we talked about modernizing uh, ICS systems, um, industrial control systems. And Dan has a great business that he started. I forget now. It's, he's had this business. He's had the company UTSI for 35 years or something like that. And uh, he's a really interesting guy besides, uh, besides having a really, uh, uh, fantastic company. And so instead of listening to me right now, tell you about all the cool stuff that UTSI does for ICS systems and cybersecurity and the like, it just go listen. Not, not yet. Don't, don't change the channel yet because you'll, you'll miss out on today's uh, exciting episode. But after this, go back, make a note, make a note to go back and listen to episode 133, 133, Modernizing ICS, an historical perspective with UTSI founder Daniel Nagala. That is the one you need to listen to. And if you've got anything to do with uh, like OT environments, uh, industrial control systems, cybersecurity, listen to Dan, and you'll also get to hear some really interesting things about him, like... uh, uh, well, I'm just, I'm not going to give it away. Just, just, just go back and listen. All right. Now, where are we? Digital oil field. Um, oh, by the way, if you want to go to their website, uh, utsiinternational.com. That's how you can find them. utsiinternational.com. Now the digital oil field. First time I ever heard that. Well, I can't remember. So, uh, so I started doing a little bit of searching of the interwebs. Uh, and I gotta, I gotta be honest, folks. I, I only spent like 90 seconds on this, but I did find, uh, I did find a blog post. Well, it was original, originally posted on Blogspot. Remember Blogspot back in the back in the days of blogging? I mean, this is this is like the real blogging where you had to write stuff and then people had to read it back before we started doing everything and moving pictures. And uh, this was posted by a guy named, what is this guy's name? Mark Reynolds. 
Professor Reynolds. Professor, ProfReynolds.com is the website. So I guess Mark is a professor. It looks like he's also a public speaker. I should know him. I need to get him on the on the show. He seems like he's, he, is he still around? Yeah, that looks like he's still around. All right. Uh, but this is back, uh, he originally posted this on Blogspot in Jan- January 17th of 2010, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, the digital oil field. And he's got a whole, uh, he's got a whole uh, write up here. It's, it's just some insightful stuff here. And it's interesting to go back because you go, you look at things that, that people said at the time and you go, hey, that is actually what happened. So some people do have that rare gift of being able to look ahead and tell you what's going to happen. And um, in this case, he, he's talking about some of the stuff, you know, uh, digital oil field. And, and of course, you know, we know it's all about, it's all about bringing like new types of modern technology into the operations to try to do things like, like increase profitability, reduce MPT, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the business objectives are, the operational objectives, digital oil field is about bringing some type of digital technology and uh, to achieve those objectives. And he says, <laughs> I love this part. So he's got a little bit in here about, um, uh, he's talking about data, and uh, certainly, you know, because obviously, it all everything hinges on data. We always we always come back to data, and uh, he says uh, this is in 2010, mind you. He says certainly there are several quality companies producing centralized data solutions. Certainly, several quality companies producing centralized data solutions, but even these solutions focus on the acquisition of the data while ignoring the reason for the data. So, so there you go. It's so true. It's so true. We are very good at acquiring data, not as good at, at, at understanding what the data is for, but, uh, um, but we've, but we're making great strides in that regard, which you're going to hear about today on, uh, on today's exciting episode. Uh, you're going to hear about some of that, but, um, uh, he's got a quote in here, Mark Reynolds, in this blog post of the digital oil field from 2010. Uh, there's a guy, there was a guy named Steve Hinchman. Well, I think he's still around. I, I didn't mean to speak of him in the past tense. But at the time, uh, he was Marathon Oil's senior VP of worldwide production. And in a speech in 2006, called at the Digital Oil Conference. All right, now we're back to 2006 with this digital oil field business. Uh, Steve Hinchman, Marathon, Senior VP, Worldwide Production, 2006 Digital Oil Conference says, and here's what he says, quality, quality, sometimes the words just don't come out the way, your mouth, the way your brain thinks of them. Quality, timely information leads to better decisions and productivity gains. Now, it's, we can chuckle about this now because we've been saying it for so long that it's sort of like, like, well, of course, you know, like using soap gets your hands clean. Um, but, but at the time, he was, he's saying, you know, having quality, timely information leads to better decisions and productivity gains. Better decisions lead to better results, more credibility, opportunities, shareholder value, et cetera. So it seems like very rudimentary what he's saying. But if you understand what's happening, what's been happening in the industry over the last couple of decades, it's this realization that if we have, like, we have the data, we have the data, it's, it, it's, it's how do we turn it into quality uh, stuff that can inform our decisions and then begin this whole uh, positive domino effect of leading to all these other good things. So anyway, that was, so he said that in 2006 when he was with Marathon and uh, I should get him on the show too. I wonder if he's still, still out there talking to people. But um, uh, anyway, that's, I, I don't know where I'm going with this folks, but this whole digital oil field thing, the conversation has been around for a long time and I am happy to report that we have, we, we, the industry, we are making progress. And in fact, and in fact, to report live from the front lines on some of that progress, I have, uh, on the, so my guest on the show today, besides being, a. uh, being a, a an old friend of mine, we worked together uh, for a long time, and uh, and we and we keep in touch and uh, and see how things are going. And I thought it would be a good time to have him come, and because he happens to be, uh, he happens to head up a lot of digital oil field. Uh, initiatives at guess where marathon oil so it's kind of fun because we we see what steve said uh 16 years ago and now today we're going to hear about um like where have where have they come in these last 16 years and so ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the oggn spotlight landon howell
Friends, I am here back at the Texas Tea Tavern uh, with uh, Landon, my old friend Landon Howell. And and when I say that, I don't mean that we've known each other a long time. I just mean that you're old. <laughs> that is true. Old, true. old friend. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've been here. Texas Tea Tavern over on the west side of Houston. This is is this does this count as Energy Row? I, this is close to. I mean, it's just off of Energy Row. It's it's it's, it's within the Beltway Highway Six confines. Yeah, right, it's, it's on the other side of the Beltway. So yeah, that's like Energy so. Row. And uh, and I don't know if you noticed when you because um, this is your first time here, right? Yep. So um, that's not what they told me at the bar, but <laughs> that's your story. We're gonna go with it. So. Uh, the the logo is it, and in fact look right there there's an oil derrick on the on the wall so uh, so these guys are they're they're supporters they're, they're supportive they're of the our family. industry that's important they are and their logo looks kind of like a um, and so Texas do I don't even know do people still know like the Texas tea reference like uh, do you have sure. to do you have to have seen the Beverly Hillbillies you probably know? have to be a little bit yeah. older to, to know that yeah even older than uh, <laughs> even older than us even old, Texas Tea so anyway you, you mentioned before well let's, let's do a little bit about your story like I know your story like you and I worked together ages ago yeah, yeah. but for those who aren't landed the beers are toppling over already um <laughs> For those who aren't Landon Howell fans, uh, what like how, how did, <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. How did you? How, how did you uh, like? What, what are you doing? And how did you get here? Wow, I, I, I didn't warn you that I was going to. That, that's that's a tough one. So, um, born and raised in Waco, Texas, went to Baylor University. No Sikkim, excuse. No Sikkim excuse. Bears uh, for all you Baylor fans out there. Um, and then first job out of school was here in Houston. So I moved to Houston and been here for 22 years. 22 years. Um, so, uh, yeah, worked at a variety of different organizations over the years. Did, you know, Compact Computers, HP. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. NCI Building Systems. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i list them all out now that you asked. It's, um, oh, I forgot it. So NCI was where you were before we when we worked together at Catapult. Yeah, that's and, right, yeah. And uh, you were at, at NCI. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I kind of figured out what consulting was about. And I was like, hey, I want to go try that. For, and then you decided. And then I did that for a few years. And yeah. then. You were uh, good at it. I, I I have to admit, you were you were reasonably good at it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went. Uh, I will say, I was two-time employee of the year when I was a catapult. Were you? How did that happen? <laughs> I, I, th- I think I was the only one that voted. I don't remember we. I don't remember we had employee of the year back then. But yeah. um, I, I was clearly never. <laughs> you, you didn't get to vote in that voting. <laughs> I did. I never got the award, or I would remember. I would remember that. Um, so no, but but when you left there, that was when you. Uh, I got no one gas. That was when you got no one gas when you went to BP. Well, and, a little and, bit of my work at Catapult, I did some consulting work for a drilling manufacturer and kind of started to learn about the industry from the yeah. drilling side, um, and then from that went and worked at BP oh, for yeah, yeah, for a number of years, yeah. um, and then from there I. And then you got over to Marathon. So that's kind of been the, the career path. But been in only gas for about, golly, uh, 12 years now. So, Wow. Yeah, you are old. Um, so, <laughs> Don't let the white hair fool you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the thing, uh, the thing I think is interesting about your career in oil and gas, particularly for this show, I know you're a big fan of the show. You listen to all the episodes. Yep. Um, <laughs> being the oil and gas tech. Uh, podcast. A lot of times we talk about, um, or we spend a lot of time talking about the the really interesting innovations that you know, especially now, the last few years. Um, not, not. Th- I mean, we like to say that digital transformation got serious in around 2017 when when we tried all the other tricks <laughs> to right. like tighten up the business and we had to do more. But really, uh, this industry. And and because you listen to the show all the time, you know that I'm often on a on a soapbox about how we've been innovating for a long time. Like this isn't, in spite of what everybody says about about us being old fashioned and whatever else. And um, but so we talk a lot about the 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 cool stuff or the impactful innovations and things. But um, but like you're in the job of like your team has to actually cause this stuff to work, right. like in the real world. Like you have yep. to actually, you know. Like after after all the fun and games and the demos and the proof of concepts and the pilots and all that, like and it comes out of the lab and it goes out into the wild, like you have to actually make it work. So, how's that going? It's 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 actually going pretty well. It's yeah. it's it's definitely a challenge each day. Um, operationally, you know, it's things move very fast, things change quickly, yeah. so you have to be able to adapt and pivot 
pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is really finding really good solutions. We do a lot of due diligence, vetting, and we talk to other operators and, and make sure we're on the same path. Uh, and in some ways, Marathon can be a, uh, will be a follower, and other times we're a trailblazer. It kind of depends on what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's going well from a sense of we've got really good adoption. And my, my main focus is really on our U.S.-based onshore fracking type Operations. We do have some offshore operations, but I don't. Right. That's not really what my group's focused on. But are you are you are you Permian or Eagleford, you, or both? Uh, we are Permian. We are Eagleford. We are Bakken, and we are Oklahoma. So, so you're. I mean, I know Marathon is all those things, yeah. but your group is. We do all. Is, yeah, is, we support all. Uh, most of the solutions we roll out are for all the four assets. There are some one-off oh. solutions, but most of the things we th- we think very that's radical strategically, thinking, standardizing things across all the different. So that's uh, a hard thing to do. Actually, yeah. that's where we spend a lot of our time. You know, the technology. You know. You, if people know me, they hear me say, "What well, things projects don't fail because of technology; they fail because of techno because of of, of change management and right. processes and trying to standardize the boring stuff." Yeah, that yeah. we usually right, that yeah. we pass over and like, "Oh, cool! Look at this nice, yeah. cool, sexy yeah. thing here that's like technology." Right, right. I think about and my team thinks about well, how are we actually going to deploy this? How are we going to support it? How are we going to make it sustainable? And how do we make it work with because each team is a little bit different and sometimes there's valid reasons sometimes there's not yeah 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 but a lot of times there is there's some regional nuances you deal with that are like in our Bakken asset for example weather they had a ton of snow when we were up there in April and so that disrupts you know road conditions and all kinds of things you don't think about here in Texas you do not right Yeah. So, so there's different things we deal with but we always think Kind of end to end. Although work. we do have dust storms out in Midland, which we do is another. Yeah, those another, are a little bit more temporary. <laughs> so all right, so we probably I probably skipped ahead uh, because what? Um, yeah, so you're the kind of stuff that you're working on. And when we were talking, uh, when we were talking a few minutes before, when we were getting the the beers set up and whatnot here, um, uh, you you said something. You said uh, something about the kind of stuff that your group focuses on. We were talking about your group versus other groups and what yeah. they do. So what is the like? What's the what's the focus area? I know you're doing connected worker and, yeah, and yeah. some of that. But yeah. What, where, so we are focused on our our production operations, uh, drilling and completions. Uh, from a production operations standpoint, we're focused on what? How do we make the best use of our operations, our maintenance? Now we've explored into HES a little bit, which is a different group, but it's still kind of under the same yeah. overall umbrella. How do we make sure they're getting the right work assigned to them and executed on a daily, sometimes hourly basis. So what kind of work are we talking about being assigned and executed? Uh, Let's say a well goes down uh, or a compressor goes down uh, at a well site. So you have to go get that online and operational. Uh, You could have work that's a maintenance, normal maintenance activity that is... Yeah, we do preventive maintenance, preventive like, maintenance stuff yeah. that we do, you know, or like surveillance months, stuff. Where they, we do surveillance. The guy gets right? in the truck and drives around to all the different. You do, you do your facility <laughs> yeah. checklist. Yeah. So you yeah. so you do different things there. Um, so our group has got a system that basically manages that whole process, and it's integrated with other systems within the within the company that pull data in, and then we also have data that goes back out. But it's we always think in terms of end to end workflows. So it's not just. We're not uh, trying because typically people will come to you with, "I want to solve this would problem." Be proud of you thinking that way, hundred percent, right? Uh, and that's, and that, that background helps. That's yeah. So you have to think like, okay, what? I know you want to do X, but somebody else needs that information that you're going to capture as part of your process. And then, what do we then need to do with that from a reporting standpoint, from an integration yeah, standpoint? Yeah, yeah. So we think end to end when we right. think about solutions, which. Sometimes slows things down, but we're, we're we have the right lens on and the hat on to actually think about. Right, it, there, there's an end user, there's a consumer of everything that we do. Right, there's a, right, there's right. another consumer of that data. If not, right. then why are we doing it? Right. Well, that's a thing now, right now, right? Which is that um, coming into this year, kind of toward the end of last year, all the think tank articles or the big management consult, you know, the Deloitte articles and the McKinsey and all those guys. Um, addressing digital transformation in oil and gas, which, you know, we're not done talking about yet, obviously. <laughs> and um, um, uh, somebody asked, uh, we had we had John Gibson on, uh, I can't remember if I had him on this podcast or it was on the unscripted video show. And somebody said, how how much longer do you think, uh, you know, John Gibson was the, yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, how much longer do you think that um, 
or maybe it was in the panel that maybe that you were on, and he goes, uh, how much longer do you think we're going to keep having this digital transformation stuff? And he said, as long as consultants keep up thinking of things to sell to us. I was there. You were there for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there for that, yeah. So, um, uh, but the tone shifted last year from, I'm going down this road because you, I don't know if this is on your script or not, but, uh, uh, but uh, the tone shifted from uh, what it had been, which was, um, uh, focusing on, uh, you know, trying to get, so for a while, the last couple of years, like in the beginning in 2017, it was what is digital transformation? Why is it important? Why do you need to be serious about it? And then it kind of went through the various stages to, to, um, you know, getting from the POC to the actual yep. operator. But then last year, the tone shifted to, um, this reinventing, end-to-end workflows and like rethinking like big swaths of the of the thing right and um which which makes sense but i was also a little bit like i was immediately skeptical because i said all right at what point does is that become just not that much that valuable anymore like at some point it's too hard like this business is so complex the operations you know are so complex and so many different parts and pieces and so many different places that at some point there has to be like diminishing returns like it's mm-hmm. too difficult mm-hmm. to integrate too, to throw that net too wide yep. and the benefit's not there. So how do you guys figure out like what's the right, like how big of a fish to go after when you start talking about end-to-end kind so, of stuff? So uh, yeah, it's a really good point. So we've got one system that handles all of our water hauling logistics and as soon as we started rolling that out, everybody was like, oh, can we do this? Can we do this? Do this? You know, and the idea is flood come through the roofs and you're like, this is great. So we typically do a business case. So there's got to be a positive or a break even ROI for even for us to even think about it. Right. If it's like and you can pull the numbers together and, and you know, some of it's sometimes it's hard to pull those numbers together. But you've got to have a really good a return like we're going to spend X amount of dollars and we're either going to get money back in cost savings or we're going to get money back in efficiency play or whatever it is, right? So there's got to be some type so of... So that's interesting. You're actually taking a quantitative We do, <laughs> yeah, because cause if not, yeah. I mean, people come up with ideas all the time. doesn't mean they're good as far as... And, and, and when I say good, I, and from a implementation, we can support it, we can sustain it. You there, can integrate. Yeah. You Technology-wise, we can do you come up with an idea, we can solve a problem. Doesn't mean we should solve that problem. Well, so right. we ask that cross. Like how much value is there in solving right, that problem? Yeah, and so right, so is right. there an actual value just because one person thinks it's a good idea? So we typically have a vetting process we run ideas through to make sure there's actually, one, everybody's supportive. So everybody's on board. This Consensus the, is big in our industry. The That's direction right. yeah, that yeah. the company wants to go in, right? Yeah. And then that there is some type of business value. So... That's the first thing we lead with. Do you ever do you ever go back <laughs> talk about our consulting days? I always thought it was funny that there's a tremendous amount of effort. You know, whenever we were trying to like win a deal somewhere, you know, the whole business is basically you're trying to convince somebody to do something that they weren't going to do unless you were there <laughs> and trying to tell them to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and, um, uh, and there's. The, I always, I always thought it was funny how there's this unbelievable amount of diligence that goes into figuring out the ROI before the project, and then when it's done, nobody, hardly ever, does anybody ever go back and actually figure out whether you we whether, do. whether we, so, so you do that. So, so yeah. for yeah, one of our several of our solutions, we've gone back and seen, you know, after the fact, and I can kind of project out typically what we're going to have. Three months from now, six months from now, from whatever that is, but we, we actually do that. All right. Yeah. So not, what not kind on, of not on every project because some projects are so small that it's yeah there's, there's no, no benefit. Yeah. But you're, for your bigger projects that require a lot of complexity and so how do you efforts. so what's the unit of measure like how do you how do you because um, I think this is really helpful for people who are trying to do the same stuff um, like how do you um, um, and, and I know from working with you in the past that if, if you're going to do something you're probably going to do it right so. Um, <laughs> So, so uh, what's the like? What's the what's the rule? Like, obviously, we talk about ROI, about how much money did I spend versus how much right. money did I get back. But sometimes it's hard to measure, like, especially in this type of a you know, this isn't like a commercial, like a retail operation where you can say right. we got X number of sales because we did this digital right. marketing thing or whatever it was. So how do you how do you measure? I mean, we'll look at I mean dollars, basic dollars. Like we spent. I mean, that's that's the first part of it. Um, but sometimes you can't tie it back to dollars and cents. So there could be some 
qualitative benefits, right? right, right. That, that how do you put a dollar amount on those? Yeah. Right. So it's a combination of both those. It's, it's, it, sometimes it's real straightforward where it's quantitative and other times it's a combination of both. And other times it's qualitative where you know, there could be regulatory things that we have to do. Yeah, right? yeah, the, sure, the government sure. says yeah, yeah. you have to do this. So it doesn't, we want to maintain our costs and keep our cost structure low, but we still have to do it. So we're going to do it as most, as efficiently as possible. Right. But, but the moral is you are able to, one way or another, you're able to come up with something that, that like holds water and make and, yeah. and makes you, and your management feel like yeah we have to know. be able to convince people we just you know we can come up with ideas but we have to be able to convince we just don't I just don't get to do what I want to do every day I mean yeah um, you, you always have to convince someone because re- in reality is most of the systems that we come up with deploy I'm not a user of those right. Right. right, so so our, our field teams have to. See I know for me, a, they don't actually let me touch the equipment most of, most of the time, <laughs> which is a good thing. Right? <laughs> so they have to the, the they have to see a, a, a buy-in in it, and then our IT leadership and yeah, the company yeah. has to see that this is the right vision. You know, the, right? The, it's the direction we're headed in as a company. You don't do stuff off the cuff just because you want to. So, yeah. so there's always a inter, an internal process. Not where, now. Not now. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a few years ago. Maybe you could get away with that. But um, all right. So uh, so what's the so you're out there. Your team is supporting like front lines. Yep. Stuff. Uh, Whatever you like, what do you call it? Like operator round? We call them the asset teams. And the asset teams. Our, our right. asset teams. Your yeah. asset teams, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, um, so what do you, uh, without without giving away any of your like secret sauce or competitive advantage, what do you see as the like like what 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 are the things you know besides whatever's like hot and whatever people are talking about at the conferences and what what do you see are the the initiatives that like really have the most promise in terms of i can get this done for a reasonable amount of time and money and it really adds a lot of a lot of value that doesn't have me going through mental gymnastics to try to convince somebody why why we did this thing that's a tough one. So hey, you just told me you're, you're doing it. You, you must. Well, I mean, this. just to just to narrow it down. I mean, so it can So when we talked about water hauling a couple of years ago, that was a big problem for us, and just that it was, it didn't quite have the governance that we wanted it to have. Yeah. So there, it was opportunity rich. It's a lot of water. You know, and that's that. I always when I do like people don't re- like if when, I, not, when I do, when I do dinner hour talk, I'm like you know. We're actually in the water business. Yeah. We produce more water than we do oil and gas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... And, and it has to go somewhere, right? Exactly. And some of it's on pipeline, but for that, it's not. It has to be trucked. Well, the coordination logistics around trucking that water, getting people to show up at the right time when a tank level hits a certain level, and then being able to invoice that out and pay people... That oh, was, yeah. That's a whole other... So, whole so we, we tackled that whole problem, right? And so we solved that problem. And it's been in place now for three years. And yeah. so... So it, as far as which problems to tackle, it has to be what are those things that are the biggest pain points for you as an organization? Yeah. And then there's a good ROI. So it's a combination of if it's not painful, people aren't complaining about it. So if people aren't complaining, then you're probably not going to do it or there's not people who are like, oh, we should, we're going to support that. But if it's painful, and that could be painful from a cost perspective, it could yeah, be yeah. painful from a – it takes people amount of, a lot of time to manage that process – um, it could be a combination of those things. So, you, so you, it's got to be those pain points, and each organization could be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as what those pain points are. Well, so I think there's a, there's kind of a phenomenon of um, things that cause pain. So, so, so pain. Um, let's talk about pain. <laughs> um, Taking it deeper here on the podcast. And I think, yeah. and I think, uh, well, this comes up. So this other. So besides all this fun uh, broadcast media stuff we do, we also have this other business that helps customers, uh, helps people who are trying to sell into oil and gas with like go-to-market strategies and messaging and things like that. And um, and so you're always looking for those pain points, but right. um, but it, they, but they, but especially in this industry in the last few years, there's new pain being created in places where they didn't used to be pain yeah. because the because the environment is different, the expectations are different, mm-hmm. cycles are shorter, risk tolerance is lower. Yep. Um, so you have people because a lot of times, the, you know, 
what we always used to deal with, and you know, we used to deal with this back in the salty days as well. Um, you know, I already know how to do it this way. It works. Yep. Um, uh, and what's so what's pain to the company isn't necessarily pain to the person doing the work, right? And vice versa, right? Correct. So yeah, that's right. you know, um, uh, so the pain, like, like it seems like there's new pain being created in places where, like, this used to be fine to do it like this and right. now it's not fine anymore I mean is that is that it's kind very, of the is that like what's very, very true I yeah. mean as far as you look at just what's going on with the environmental and emissions controls that go go along with everything that's going on right that we're seeing so mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of focus on that for every operator so yeah. just marathon we need you to measure molecules yeah, yeah, that are, yeah. so, so, <laughs> that are, so it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a new set of rules and so we'll adapt and pivot and figure out how we need to meet that that need and, and solve the problem, right? So do you see people, because um, it seems like it seems like something else that's a little bit different now, kind of along that same vein. Um, and some of this came up, uh, I guess it was probably last year sometime when I, I, I did a show with uh, uh, somebody from ExxonMobil. She's actually an XTO, Maggie Burns. She was uh, like the digital champion for a lot of the field worker okay. stuff, right? And it seemed like... Um, Whereas it used to be the people in the field were kind of like, don't come to me with your fancy computer stuff. Right. Like, I'm happy with, right. Um, you know, or, uh, you know, or we used to laugh about if you, if you went out to, a, if you went to an operations manager and started talking to him about your fancy computer ideas, he would show you the door <laughs> to his office. Right. So, um, but it seems like people now are are like are wanting like better, faster. Like like they're saying, yeah, like bring it, right? Hundred percent. I mean, so a lot of our good ideas actually come from the field. That's where they come from. I mean, well, we're not, so we're, that's a huge. That's, we're not experts. That's really different from five, we, ten years ago. We're we're not. I mean, we know the technology, but as far as how to apply that, what use cases make sense? What are their pain points? What are their problems? They're the ones who tell us. But the first thing you have to do is you have to establish that trust. You have to deliver a solution that meets whatever the original uh, oh, requirement. There's a catch. <laughs> you have to do that first. Yeah. And then you get the buy-in because yeah. they're like, hey, these this team is able to solve my problems. It's consulting 101, right? You go out there and listen to your client. And what's their problem? Yeah. And then deliver against that, right? And then you've been that you have credibility. And you have the trust, and then they know that you're you're an advocate for them. You're going to try to make their lives easier because anything you're going to deploy to the field, one, it has to work. Two, <laughs> it has to be simple to use. Yeah. Right? And it has to meet the need. I mean, that's it. It doesn't have to be any more complicated. So you don't have to build some cool-looking app that or whatever that like right. looks uh, – it's, oh, it's using the newest technology. They don't care about that. It doesn't matter. Is it functional? Does it work? Yeah. And does it solve a problem? And – is it easy to use? Is my life better? Is it than, intuitive? Yeah. If if my life's easier, or, or my life's better because of it, then then they're gonna they're gonna get on board, yeah. and then they become a champion for you, which is great. It's interesting. I mean, that's a that's a huge swing. And and Maggie talked about the same thing, which was when they first went out there, um, you know, uh, talking to people, it was kind of like skeptical. Yeah, yeah. like 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 my clipboard works fine. Thank you. <laughs> Like, um, but once you deliver something and it works and it makes people's lives better. Then the idea is, it's like floodgates. She she was like, yeah, then all of a sudden now we have, we had to create a whole new process and governance just to handle the ideas coming in and what to do with them. Right. And how to, and then you have to have some way of, of, uh, you have to prioritize and rank them and all that good stuff. Yeah. And you have to console the losers and, and, uh, (laughs) wait, so does that ever happen? Do you ever have people who are like, hey, how come I... I've given you guys five ideas so far. I got nothing. Like, wh- wh- I mean, you, you, it all goes down to business case and business value. And so a lot of times we ask them to help us make that business case because, I mean, I can run numbers all day long, but you've got to tell me how how's that going to make yeah. you run more efficiently. Um, and so a lot of times it comes back on them to help us with that because we don't know the intricacies of everything they do right on a day-to-day basis. So we need that help. So in some ways – if they want to get it to the next step, they've kind of got to help us get it there. Yeah. But, um, so everything you're saying though, sounds like there is still a tremendous amount of value that can be got just within particular 
I'm going to move this because it's going to go knock over. it over. That eventually. glass is going down soon. Um, <laughs> but there's still plenty of value that can be extracted or driven um, within specific disciplines. Sure. Um, without having to do like the next level of hard thing. Correct. Like so far, none of what you've said so far says, and now we need to get all that into our procurement system and SAP or, I mean, you mentioned that a little bit. There's a little bit. We do some of that. Yeah, but but, but we handle that piece. Right. They don't care about, I mean, they they care care about that. They don't care about that, right. But but as far as how that works and we deal with that pain, they don't have to. But in terms of like where there's value to be had. Right. That was like kind of my my first question, which you said was a hard one. Right. Um, it is like 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 where do we where, where can you now what do you that, focus on like now we've been at this for a while and we're you know and you might you might uh, if you read the like the prevailing literature you might be you might think that that oh well now we need to uh, we like we've gotten like we've done what we need to do kind of at the at the domain level or at the discipline level yep. and now we need to do these like grander more you know bigger grandiose things but really it sounds like there's tons of business value still to be kind of mined in the um, just within the operations themselves there is I mean if you look at if you go out to any facility you're gonna see a lot of paper still so the yeah. questions we always ask is and not just in the bathroom. But <laughs> that's right. So, so the don't, we don't have the three shells yet. <laughs> not, not quite. There's no bidets out there. What, what was uh, that? What was that movie? The three shells. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there was you're older. St- you're older. Stallone than me, so, and uh, so where, the, where they thaw the like the cop out and the, the bad guy. They come out of cryo prison. And do you know what I'm talking about? It was Stallone and Sandra Bullock and is that Demolition and, Man? Yes. Wow, look at yeah, that. Look the, at that memory. The three shells. Anyway, so um, what was I talking about? Yeah, so, paper, lots of paper. But so we ask a lot of questions around what do you do with that? Right? And so yeah. you're capturing this. And then where does it need to go? So, so we've digitized a lot of basically low hanging fruit, getting rid of the paper, right? Capture yeah. it on a, a mobile app where we can then send it wherever it needs to go. Maybe that's another system, maybe it's a report doesn't really matter right but or if that's not going anywhere then why are you capturing it to be i was right? gonna ask do you, do you ever have something where you're like doing this work and you go okay this thing that you're doing this has no purpose we can just stop doing that well but but there's so but every company i've worked doesn't matter what company there's processes that are in place that have been there for years and people right. follow them because that's what yeah good employees do they follow processes and maybe it was put in place five years ago by right. somebody who's no longer here, and they needed that at one point in time. But now there's like nothing on the other end of the wire. There's yeah, so you thing. have to ask yeah. the questions. You, I think the key thing we do <laughs> is we have to ask the questions. Yeah. And that's not a marathon thing. That's every company, right? right? Sure. As far as like, what are you going to do with this? And then so, you know, the whole start, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to continue doing this. It's that. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really no different than cleaning out your closet, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the same principle. In that right, sense. Right. And so another interesting thing about all of this is you haven't even, like, we haven't even touched on where what's been a lot in the, the limelight for the last couple of years, gets a lot of spotlight, is the automation, the analytics and the automation relative to yep. the the equipment and the operation, the drilling operations or the whatever, right? Yep. Um, you know, and all the sensors and the, like, we haven't even got to that yet. Like, we're just, we're just talking about. And, and we, the, and we, and we do that as well. I know. Right? I, so, I know. So our, so our but, team does that as well. But, so. but, the, but the interesting thing to me is that the, like, even before we get to that thing that's in the limelight, um, which by the way, I, I'm predicting that, the, that the, the, the subsurface seismic world is going to come back and start to gain more, like hmm. compete for that spotlight again because I think I think we're gonna have to do some more exploration, but um, probably since yeah. we haven't done any for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, so the so all the geophysicists are like warming up their their new their new HPC things that they've been working on in the background, right? Like uh, um, because just about the time that HPC like like went to a new level, nobody cared about it anymore. <laughs> so so. Um, uh, but, 
but even just within like the, the, the basic like human operations, tons of value. What about so what about the other stuff? Like uh, like we hear about this all the time, right? Like everybody's everybody's getting data from every sensor everywhere and trying to do all these things with it and and, and it all goes to the cloud or it doesn't go to the cloud or yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. and you got the and the edge computing like what is is um, We're definitely in that space. I mean I think it's a matter of it's great to put sensors everywhere, but it goes back to the end-to-end -end workflow and the use case. Like, what are you going to do with that? What decisions you decisions are you going to make differently once you have that data? And, and to be honest with you, <laughs> it's a lot of data yeah. a lot of times, yeah. especially when you start talking about real-time data. You're talking about one-second data. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of data. So what decisions will we make differently because we have that data? And then what process do you have to put in place to make sure you have good data quality? Right. right. So there's that first piece to make sure the data is good. But then the second piece is, okay, great. I have this data. Typically, I'm going to have to combine that real-time data something, right. with something else to actually make some sense out of it. Yeah. To then to make an operational decision or say, I need to do X or Y or Z because of it. That still, to me, is is got a ways to go. Really? Um, okay. It, j just, j it depends on which use case you're talking about. Well, I mean, I'm about. not surprised, but... But, 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 you but, know. but there's just... Now we're... So it's, it's it's no different. Social media and all this stuff, you're flooded with information. We right. have so, before it was like you'd go to certain places and get it. Now you're getting it from everywhere, and so it's a matter of formulating that and putting it into something that's actually useful. Yeah. Right. And so you're seeing a lot around data warehousing in and and Snowflake and and different things data like lakes, that. Lakes. Yeah. You're showing your age. It's not a warehouse. It's a lake. Data lake. I know. Yeah. Well, it's, still, it's a data warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Lake, data warehouse. Whatever. It's all the same thing. It's where you put a bunch of data. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. But then, okay, it has to be in a format where people can actually do something with it. Yeah. It's that, consumable. That's always the catch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You have so, to. So, so the technology is amazing, right? As far as compute and storage and like where it used to be 15 years ago. I mean, it's, well, it's incredible what you can do now versus what. You, used right. to be very painful to do. Yeah, I think another thing that has improved a lot is because I remember talking with some people in the beginning of when we first started talking about analytics. Right. This is ten years ago, whatever it was. Actually, I think it was some people at Marathon before you were there, and um, um, and it was like, okay, well, if we could get you know, and this was back when we still were were kind of educating everybody on what was it like, like, like predictive analytics prescriptive analytics mm -hmm. like that yeah. all those stages right yeah we were learning about all that and 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 um and you could you could you could pull a whole bunch of data together you could put some really smart guys in a room uh and they would produce a result ta-da here we go you know and go back to the asset manager and this is what you should be doing instead of whatever it is you're doing now right <laughs> and and in this particular case the asset manager said that's fantastic or maybe it was like the like the like the reservoir guy for whatever that asset was, right? Right. He goes, "This is fantastic. I need like ten more of these, like here, 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 and here, here." And they all like like looked at him like deer in the headlights because they spent three weeks gathering the data. <laughs> they spent two weeks moving Cle it around in different cleaning like, tools, the data. cleaning yeah. it up, yeah. and everything, right? And it, so it was like a it was like a two month process. To, and, and and he said like, "I need this. I need ten of these, and I need them every week." Right, and they had like no way to operationalize sure, all yeah. that. That I think has, has like that situation has improved. Right, it's a lot better now because the speed in which you can get data in, yeah, with APIs and cloud and everything, and, and standing up environment. I mean, it used to. I got to stand up a server and a VM. I mean, it's a, it's 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 a click of a button. It's instant now, right? So so that that process is much easier. And, but, and connecting but, things, right? And like, connecting like things like all is the much frameworks easier. that we yeah. have for yeah. connecting things. Like, so much like easier. it used to be. Like like I mean, uh, I actually wonder how people are making any money on consulting projects because everything's way too easy now, right? Like, Every, you know, like the, you all know. the low code solutions are yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. you don't you're not you're not having as much app dev work, which I spent a lot of years doing. You don't really. You still need that well, in certain situations. But you don't have to. You don't have to build all the plumbing. Right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So, Which yeah. that was years you'd spend sometimes yeah, building that, the plumbing. That was where the money was before yeah. you get to the presentation layer. <laughs> yeah. and everybody's like, yeah. "What are you working on? Why is this costing so much money?" It's yeah. like, well, well, we got to build all the. It's yeah. like building a house. We got to build the foundation first. All Once the foundation's stuff. built, then you'll see some walls and some rooms and some curtains. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so we can so we can move much. More we can get things connected and we can move data but, around. But, and, but even just because we can do it quicker. You still yeah. have to define what the use case is and that there's a benefit of it, right? So, I mean, it's great well, that if you want to be picky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes back to business value. <laughs> 
so, why are we doing it? Yeah. Why? Are, yeah. Um, right. Right. So do you, I mean, yeah. So not all not all use cases necessarily have value. Just because. Yeah. I mean, there's things that we we get that I, I got a question today, and it was like, hey, why didn't we do this, this, and this? And I was like, because there wasn't a business case. Yeah. Maybe we need to look at that business case again and see if it's changed. But at the time we evaluated it. There wasn't a good solid business case. There wasn't enough interest to do a project like that. So, right. well, there's another interesting progression here, which is like in the beginning of, uh, of uh, I guess you, to use the Gartner terminology, the hype cycle, right? When everybody's just doing stuff. Yep. They're actually doing things, even sometimes without. Forget about the business case. They're doing things without use cases. Right, they're saying they're saying here's some really cool stuff. Imagine yeah. what you could do with it. That happens, and, and then sure like, happens, and then yeah. there's projects going in, right? And so we've so in terms of our digital transformation journey in the industry, um, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, <laughs> so we so we move we move to the point where okay, we have to have actual use cases that we're targeting, and now we've moved beyond that, and we're saying now we have to make sure that we have use cases that have value, and not all use cases. Correct. Have value, right? Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so what? What? Um. All right. What else? So we talked about the the the, the worker the worker helper uh, stuff. Yep. We talked about the uh, we talked about water hauling. Yep. We talked yep. about uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sensor data and knowing what you're going to do with it. Uh, what, like what else is happening out there? What else do you see? Uh, or, or or is is coming uh, down? There? There's there's a lot of integration that's still that's going on that's that's making us run more effectively, more efficiently, right? Just connecting different data sources together. There's still opportunities to you know, get rid of manual processes. There's always things that can be improved in the oil and gas space that... Have we solved the problem where all systems identify a well the same way? <laughs> we're pretty close. I, I mean, mean, actually, we're kind of there. We've been working on that one for a while. It, it, yeah, there's yeah. systems that help us do that. And yeah, I'd say we're kind of there, but you have to be, you have to use those systems. The thing about data and data governance is it's a great concept and a great idea, but everybody has to be bought into it, and you have to actually... And when I say so everybody... When you say everybody, what do you mean by I everybody? I mean everybody, everybody in the company. Okay, da- that's, that's a lot. The data, to have good data quality, good data governance, and so I can trust this information, everybody has to be bought into it because the reality is, I'm on the IT side, we own the systems. We don't own the data. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the people that use the data own the data. They have to be bought in as well. So if you have bad data or the data is not right or it's not accurate, it's not updated in the right frequency, then it's not good. So, so that's, that's kind of a, a company journey that every company has to do. Yeah, you can't and, and just... It takes, a, it takes a long time to kind of figure that out. That Like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, from a technology standpoint, we can solve that problem. But if it's still bad data... On the on this yeah, feeding right, in, right. then you're not you're not really helping yourself. So it's which everybody ironically has to, is the same conversation we had ten years ago about a lot of things. Well, it, it continues to be. Yeah, it, it's always going to be a challenge because you know what that takes effort, takes a lot of time, and it takes money, right? To to actually invest in that and, and dedicate time to do that. It's like anything. It's like if you want to lose weight, you have to yeah. exercise. You have yeah. to eat healthy. Yeah, you have yeah, to do all yeah. those things, right? Yeah. It's not cool. It's not the sexy thing. Right, right. It, yeah, it's boring. Yeah, it's the boring but if you stuff. want to do it right, it's the boring stuff. It's the boring stuff. Right? Um, do we? So on this problem of data quality, because this has been a, a thorn in the side of the industry for since time immemorial. Um, do you reach a point where you go? I mean, sure, it's an it's an ongoing thing. But do you reach a point where you're kind of like over the hill that says we've at least um, We've at least conquered the, the the kind of historical technical debt of our of our data issues, and now we can just kind of keep the house clean going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think it, it definitely takes it takes years to get there, but but <laughs> yeah, but I think absolutely. Like how and many then, years? Like two years? <laughs> like ten years? <laughs> it's a lot. Of depends years. on the size of the yeah. company, but yeah, but you definitely can get there, and then you're on the uh, the backside of that. Where, right, right. There's always going to be cleanup efforts, and there's always going to be, or like new data sources that you correctly have to because of because right, right. there's one-offs. And when you're in technology, there's always a one-off solution. There's always yeah. a one-off issue, right? Then consultants come and they sell you new ideas. And yeah, you have so, to so, so there's always stuff there. But yeah. I, I think you know we're on the other side of that hill. 
Yeah. And I think yeah. most companies, oh, I don't know most companies are or not, but I mean, it, it's. Yeah. It, the technology is out there now to support that. And if you implement it the right way, you can get over that hump. And then it's a matter of just dealing with the fallout, which you're always going to have. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it sounds like progress. It sounds, I mean, because um, we joke around about how a lot of times, you know, um, especially the old timers will say, well, you always make comments about whatever it is we're talking about that about now. We used to talk about this before, only it had a different name, and before that it had a different name, and we've, you know, and it's the same. Look at the cloud, the right? Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, although, although. It's different now than it was, for sure. The computing architecture is different, oh my gosh. and that's what makes it. That's, Jeez, what, yeah. that's what makes it different. Right. Um, I mean, at, doing everything as code was really what made the cloud data centers different. But, um, uh, but, but we've even. It seems like. So speaking of that, um, and we're, we probably ought to wrap up here in a second. But um, it also seems like. So I made a prediction last year, and I said because there was a lot of hand wringing in a lot of uh, oil companies about well. I think I made this prediction last year, but it was based on a lot of what was going on the year before that. But there was a lot of consternation about, do we go here? Do we go there? Multi-cloud strategy, hybrid cloud strategy, mm. right? Um, am I going to be able to move workloads from one place to another? Right. Um, you know, uh, what do we, like there was, you know, do we go with... Um, you know, do we use the public cloud providers for our hybrid strategy or do we use like a specialist for that? You know, like a, like a VMware or Nutanix or one of those guys. And, and, um, and there were whole, and there were consulting engagements and efforts and things like that put around helping people evaluate the strategy. And it was probably about a year ago I made this prediction. It's kind of a bold prediction. But I said, all of this doesn't matter because very soon it's just like, it's just going to be part of the infrastructure that we don't think about anymore and mm -hmm. it's going to be like electricity and, and everything else we're and kind of getting there yeah we are aren't I think we so, yeah. i think i think we're we're like all of a sudden i don't hear so much people agonizing over those decisions anymore i think it's fair yeah yeah i agree what so so what happened do you think how did how did it how did, how I did think it the technology evolved right yeah. and it became easier to use it became easier to stand things up it, it was it's it's cost effective Right yeah, for it, the most part. So I mean, I mean so, so 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 is it because because there was a lot of because also about a year year and a half ago, there was a lot of uh, a lot of noise about uh, CFOs that were blindsided by high costs that they didn't expect, and we talked about repatriation and like the cloud is actually way more expensive than you think. I mean, if and, you think about it from a, if you look at it from like an on-premise solution, yeah. So so it's it's complicated, right? Because. Think about on-premise, where you pay for a license or something versus a cloud. The cloud's going to be more expensive typically, right? Mm, but sure. you have no infrastructure cost. Right. You have no overhead from that standpoint. It's available. You have three nines, four nines, whatever, whatever they have available, right? So, but typically when you think about paying for something, you don't think about that overhead cost. I mean, you should, but you think about, well, this license cost me X. Right. And then a subscription right. cost me Y. Well, Y is more expensive, but... I'm not having to deal with. It's like outsourcing. Right. It's like somebody mowing your lawn. Like it's like I don't have to worry about that anymore. They show up every Thursday and they mow my lawn and it looks good and I pay them. So all, side, all of a sudden, yeah. of mine, all of right? a sudden, I have these new very large invoices and I haven't quite yet digested how much stuff that's displacing Correct, in terms yeah. of my cost. So what what that means is that the what 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 originally looks like a cost increase like we, we it just is a, it is a cost but increase it's more from, of a from bubble it's more of a bubble increase where right. it feels like but then as it shakes out as the bubble dis dissipates then uh we realize oh okay now this these things kind of well it's uh, it's no different than like app dev versus buying early in my oh, career i did a lot i did a lot of versus buy yeah, i did yeah. i did app dev right yeah and what we're seeing more of i mean there's still there's always a need for app dev right but yeah. what you're seeing more is like I want to give that to someone who's a product company who's frankly better at it. Hopefully. Than, yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. than, than an oil and gas company is. I mean, oil and gas companies can be good at app dev, but it's not their core competency. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let people focus on what they're good at. You focus on what you're good at. Yeah. And you're, you're outsourcing that in a way, but get best of breed. It's got everybody's ideas instead of just your ideas. So yeah. you're getting the benefit. So it's that same conversation, Bill versus buying. You're definitely seeing more 
buy now right because the technologies have advanced and right. there's more of them out there yeah yeah gotcha gotcha cool all right i think uh that's probably gonna do it unless, that was unless quick unless there's something that you really like is burning that you just something else you gotta I think say we covered everything did we cover everything all right yeah. cool well um thanks for uh I'm, I'm glad to get you away from the office well actually your office is kind of just across the street could have right? walked here well you not could've... quite but close yeah, enough yeah. it's pretty close so that means you'll be here more often than <laughs> that's here right at the, yeah <laughs> at the texas tea tavern now uh so for my faithful listeners who have heard episodes that i've done here before they're probably wondering where is the bird because there's a they have a bird here like a big i don't know it's not a parrot it's a parrot or some large tropical well, I bird when i walked in yeah and he's he's out there in front and so so when i used to sit out front uh when it, the weather was a little cooler uh, the bird was close by, and the squawking was. <laughs> you could hear it. Yeah, really, like he was. He was part of the conversation. Really, he was. Sometimes but, more interesting than the guests. But that's you? that's what. <laughs> that, perhaps, um, but the reason why we haven't heard him is because I had to move in. Where because it's hot and the door is actually. Open, so it's, it's even getting hot. It's this, a little toasty. In it's here getting now. a little toasty in here, so we're gonna wrap up. But uh, any, but so so here's what we'll do. Like six months, we'll we'll have you come back and we'll we'll check on progress. See how sure. you're doing. And, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Thanks for having make, me. Make you make you make your uh, make your case again for all of your all your business cases <laughs> all right thanks thanks well there you have it folks my old buddy landon howell from marathon oil and uh a view from the front lines of uh of, of the digital oil field goings on and uh, and it sounds like they're doing great and i know there's other people out there that are uh, the, i know there's it, it's 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 this problem where you're trying to go fast and you you, you got to go slow to go fast. I guess is the thing. But um, uh, I know they're doing well uh, over there with all of that, and I know that there are a bunch of other companies uh, like them who are doing equally great things. And if you happen to be at one of those companies, and if they'll let you out to talk about it, don't worry, it's okay. It, it it's 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 really not scary. And uh, you can you can come on the. I would love to have anybody who's got a successful digital, uh, you know, or any kind of modernization. Yeah, what I, you know, actually, I don't even care what it is. If you got a good story to tell, and you're from the oil and gas industry, uh, like you know, working in out there in the field or in real operations, then get in touch with me, Michael at OGGN.com, and uh, we'll get you on the show and let's talk about it because everybody, it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody to hear those good stories. All right, so that, uh, I guess that's going to wrap it up for today. Well, there is, uh, there's one other thing I got to tell you about, which is, let's see, um, you're going to hear this. Uh, well, all right, so if you are listening to this episode right now, uh, in, in, in like, like one or two, like within the first couple of days after it comes out, because this one's going to drop, let's see, this one's going to drop on Tuesday. You know, all our episodes at OGGN, they all drop Tuesday morning, and this one's going to be Tuesday, the 31st of May. So if you're listening to this and it's the 31st, or if it's the 1st of June, or if it's the 2nd of June and it's still early in the day, that means there is still time for you to watch live OGGN Unscripted. It's going to be episode number four, three o'clock central time, Thursday, June 2nd. And, uh, and, and it's going to be another great show. Uh, the, the, it won't be Cinco de Mayo because there's only, there is only one Cinco de Mayo each year and it was the last show. So if you missed that, um, then it means you missed our, you missed our, our decorations for one thing, which all, all by itself is worth seeing. So, um, but here's the good news is if you do miss it live, you can still watch it after you can, it's not, it's not as much fun because, because it is unscripted and it is live and we're not entirely sure what's going to happen. So, uh, it's a little bit like, you know, you can watch it later, but it's kind of like, like, like taping the ball game and going back and <laughs> taping. I just said taping, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about? So, OGGN Unscripted, episode four, June 2nd, three o'clock PM central time. Uh, try to, try to watch it live if you can. And I'll, I'll tell you, I don't, we don't usually uh, announce the guests in advance. Uh, try to save it as a surprise. However, because I know that there are some folks over at Technique FMC who listen to this show, I'm going to tell you that guess who's going to be on the show on, on, on scripted next Thursday uh, or this Thursday for you, or maybe today, depending on when you're listening to it. It's going to be Tony Manzer, our good friend from uh, from Technip FMC, who's uh, he's a great friend of OGGN, and uh, he's also a great guy, and he and he and he's and he's pretty smart. I got to tell you, he's pretty smart, and uh, and and we're going to have a good time. Also on the show is uh, is one of one of, uh, Kay- one of one of Kayla's friends. One of Kayla's friends is going to come on the show, uh, and her name is Paige Paige Donnell. 
And I got to be honest, I actually don't know Paige. It'll be my first time to meet her, but I'm looking forward to it. Kayla tells me that she's smart. So I think we're going to have a good show. And uh, so don't miss it. All right. That, oh, and if you do miss it, then you can watch it later. But try not to miss it. Try to try to watch it live. All you got to do is go to go to LinkedIn. I know you all spend more time on LinkedIn than you're supposed to. So go to LinkedIn and uh, uh, find the OGGN page. And in the events section, you can find uh, Unscripted, episode four. You can click the little thing that says, yes, I'm going to attend. And then, you know, LinkedIn will remind you about it and all that will be easy to find. So just do that. Do that right now. Uh, and uh, And that is... That is going to wrap it up for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and making uh, making OGGN the biggest and most listened to. What is the thing? How does it go? We're the largest and most listened to network of podcasts for the oil and energy industry. This show in particular, the audience is growing. And so thanks for telling all your friends and relations. And uh, and that's it. Thanks. Oh, thanks also to the OGGN crew for all of the great hard work that they do, most especially my audio fixer guy. Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic. And remember, anytime you hear somebody saying that digital oil field stuff, they're just trying to sound cool. <laughs> I don't know. That one just came in from left field. I don't, I, you know, I don't even know how to continue that one. Anyway, you know, you, you know the idea is people sometimes think that, uh, that we here in the oil and gas industry aren't keeping up with the times, that we're old-fashioned, and that, and I don't know. Maybe people don't think this anymore, and, and if they don't think it anymore, then fantastic. The battle has been won, and I can find a new uh, a new a witty little line to wrap up the show. But in the meantime, I'm just going to stick with what I have, which is we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. A production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.